How's it going, everyone? Uh, after a week off due to, uh, well, at least me, uh, recovering from COVID, uh, we're back to talk about Orange County Soccer Club. Um, not much has changed since we last spoke to you, and uh, I, I'm sure there's plenty of fans and supporters are getting a little bit frustrated at this point. Um, I'm sure some of my co-hosts are getting frustrated at this point of the season as well. We'll get into all of that. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through uh, this episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's run through the uh, list of people that are helping me out with this. First and foremost, uh, the man from Caroline Coalition himself. We've got Mr. Dylan. Dylan, how you doing, my man? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, oh, man. It's, it's nice to be here, but the quality of footy that we've been talking about this year is kind of dire and it it is funny when you do say the podcast of champions because it just doesn't, doesn't feel always like it feel anymore, like right it. it does not but feel like it even though technically we still are we are still get to the, look at the, the champion at this point there's um, a star above the crest so um i don't know ray and maybe everyone else except for alan um would you uh would you happily put up with another season of this um because we have a star well, let's find out. Let's bring uh, Alan on here. Alan, um, welcome. And then I guess Dylan's already getting to asking questions at this point. I mean, you have to be frustrated for sure. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think that's one that they ponder. Like, if you knew this season after the championship was going to be very frustrating, would you still take the championship? Or would you rather be like, pretty good consistently but not have a championship so would you rather be orange county or would you rather be phoenix over the last couple of years and uh i i'm not sure most fans would choose phoenix in that situation i think some fans would rather get one star and have some frustrating seasons but have that championship and who knows it could have all changed uh have not you know been for injuries and uh horrible scheduling from uh, what the league has given us. Let's we got one other person to introduce before we get into the actual discussion here. That's Mr. Brad up in Reno, Brad. Um, Dylan had a question. Alan had a question here. Would we rather be orange County or Phoenix at this point? Welcome. How are you doing? And what are your answers to these questions? I mean, I'd rather be, I think the question was, would I rather be Phoenix consistently up until this year or orange County? up until last year right or up until now uh and in that case i think i'd rather have a uh star next to my crest but 
you still can't be happy with the performance this year. Yeah, it, it's difficult, but hey, you, you look at it, right? And, and Alan's question, I, I think the obvious answer, Harry in San Antonio is saying easy answer, take the title, right? Is you can be Phoenix who's, who have been consistently, you know, battling and con, uh, contending for champions, championships, just never getting over that hump. And then look at them this season, almost as bad of a season as Orange County is having there in Phoenix. So at least with Orange County, you've you've got that that star in your crest and now you're having a crappy season, whereas you have, a, a team like Phoenix who has been this close, this close, this close year in and year out. And now they're having a crappy season as well. Um, at least up until this point. Uh, so it, it's hard to say you can't take the championship, right? I mean, I think any fan around this league is going to say, I will take a championship followed by five crappy years of soccer just to have that star. Now, maybe five is that limit where you start getting mad again. I, I don't know if I put too many years there, Dylan. Just for the record, I'm fully on board with like I I wouldn't trade that night in Tampa for or that night in St. Pete for um for much, I think. Um that was really special. So Except for maybe a second title in a row. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, I would trade that night um in St. Pete for uh <laughs> us being really, really effing good again this year. And, and potentially, title, uh, and potentially having a chance to win the title at home, which would have been uh, maybe just a little bit better than winning it on the road. Um, but I'm looking at Brad here. You can see sort of his jersey, and his face is disappearing into the green screen there. Um, you know, he's he looks like he's already ready, ready to give up on the USL Championship season to move on to the Premier League at this point with that kit. Um, I, I'm very excited about that, but we're here to talk about Orange County Soccer Club. So we have a couple matches we have to talk because we were off last week. The first match we do have to discuss briefly is the match against Monterey Bay, who I believe at the time, uh, Orange County were sitting above Monterey Bay um, coming into that match. So on paper, Orange County's the favorites. Uh, and yeah, the match didn't go great for Orange County, right, Dylan? Uh, no, no, it didn't. Um, but like to a point, are we really surprised? Um, I know like like, favorites is, is hard to say when you, when you don't score a lot of goals, um, no matter how much another team is struggling, or even if they now feature one of your former players from three weeks ago, this is, you know, this is like the Watford playing Norwich. Like it's just kind of two bad teams, um, playing one another and it, instead of it being like an exciting affair, usually it's just like both teams are too scared to lose to do anything crazy. Um, and also both teams are probably like devoid of confidence and you just get like a frustrating, disappointing match instead of something high flying and crazy and like a, you know, five, four victory. Yeah. And the, and the interesting thing is orange County sort of won the statistical battle. When you look at the rundown, the stats possession, orange County had the ball, two-thirds of the time. Um, Orange County actually made some good passes in this match, 85% pass accuracy uh, compared to 71% for Monterey Bay. Uh, and even just shots, you know, 10 to 6, Orange County in favor of that. Uh, just unfortunately, Monterey got two shots on target, and both those shots go into the net. Uh, Alan, um, how does a team dominate statistically and still just not look good on the pitch and end up losing 2-0. I mean, we've talked in the past about how 
ball possession is kind of an unfair stat, or at least a, like, I guess inaccurate stat as far as like domination is concerned. I think both teams with two shots on goal. Uh, I think Orange County had their chances, but I think this is what happens, you know, when Alaski doesn't score, right? Uh, Orange County looked like they were turning some things around and because Alaski scores uh, two against Loudon, scores one against San Diego, and scores two against Phoenix. And those accounted for every goal but one in those three games. Uh, and so when he's not he's not putting them in, who else on the team is really stepping up? Kubo Torres has kind of cooled off. Uh, Akoli had a, a decent start but hasn't scored in forever either. Uh, so you're just kind of lacking that secondary scoring depth. And when Milan isn't putting them in, uh, there's not a whole lot of players out there right now uh, that are really threatening. Um, not to get ahead of myself, but it was nice to um, nice to see Miko Kuningas out there for in the, in the next game because I think he might be an answer to that. Uh, but there's just not a lot of pieces around the front attacking side of Orange County to if Milan's not getting goals of, as of late. So I'm going to go to you, Brad. Um, obviously, probably um, a thing that made this difficult for Orange County is uh, suspensions uh, due to red cards and, and, and injuries that this team is dealing with. I'm looking at the lineup, and there's really only one true center back um, in the start in the starting roster for this team, right? And um, that one true center back is one that's been playing up top all season as well, um, all over the pitch uh, in Albi Skendi. Um, does that play a, a part into what looks like a statistical victory for Orange County, but they just couldn't make the stops in the back uh, when when that happened, or, or or what was your analysis of this match? I mean, I think my analysis really comes down to. Monterey Bay isn't as good of a team as as we give them credit for. You know, the two goals are really the only thing that Monterey did better uh, that game. And I don't think anybody, even in that back line, Skendi Peterson really had a good game. I think they just, I mean, this game is really fuzzy. I haven't seen it in a while, but the collapse of we still weren't able to put any balls in the back of the net. Yeah, that's that's been the biggest struggle this season, right? Is is finishing some opportunities uh, against opponents that you should, Dylan. Um, you, I think you were going to jump on and say something. Yeah, um, obviously the there's the second goal in a second, but there's just like in the LAFC game, there's these brief moments. Well, in this case, there were 34 moments where it kind of seemed like Orange County figured out the defensive side of things and actually figured out how to do a low block and keep their opponents out of the box. And then obviously once you concede, um, you can't sit back unless you're just okay with losing. And, and so you have to kind of expand and push forward. I think that's why it helps to send up your team to play on the front foot and, and play higher up, but I digress. Um, so there's like almost the sense that the system's almost working even when we've got um, a midfielder playing a center back and uh, frankly, a not very good center back playing um, because there's no one else to play. So it's, it's kind of one of those situations. And then, I mean, the second goal is just another one of those where uh, maybe Skendi does a little bit better and I'm sure he's a little bit worried because 
you know, a week prior, he's scored an own goal in the same kind of situation. But the fact of the matter is, if you're the man at the front post, you can't let a low cross go across the box like that. It's just dumb little errors that sink us. Um, and you have to create your own luck. And, and, and uh, I'm not going to yeah. say that uh, that USL Championship is, you know, leaps and bounds above the fifth tier of English soccer. But this shows, you know, wh- why Albie Skendi was playing in the fifth tier of English soccer uh, last season. Um, it's it's a jump coming up to the USL Championship, which credit to the league, the USL Championship, for being um, a little bit more uh, competitive, I guess, than fifth tier English soccer. Um, but interesting stuff. Um, Alan, any last thoughts on this match before we move on? I think, you know, I've I talked to Kyle Vassell this year who made a similar jump from England um, kind of in, I think, the third tier, third, fourth tier, third tier. And he said the same thing. He was like, I thought I was going to run circles around USL, and it's that's just not the case. Uh, USL is a, is a pretty competitive league, uh, and, it, and it shows, um, you know, you're – your Milan Alaskis of the world are, are really good players. And, you know, they're just not always 100% consistent. I think that's what separates USL from maybe the next level up is just consistency. But there's players that can put on just shows both defensively and offensively. Um, so it's, it's not a surprise. Um, but it's also Skendi um, has, has looked a little bit uh, like a little bit like he's on roller skates at times out there um, and, and slow ones of that. Um and I, I think some of that boils down to just some inconsistency and not having a, a set partner and people leaving. And I, I think all of those things go into those. So um, it, it's frustrating. It's not like Orange County is playing like super poorly. It's not like they don't have chances. It's not like they don't get good looks. It's just frustrating when they're just not really putting things together offensively um, and, and some brain farts is all it takes. And you've mentioned in the past, Alan, that that's part of like this this beautiful game uh, of soccer is is just one thing can change the whole outcome of a match, as opposed to some other games like basketball or, or or sports like basketball or something else like where there's so much scoring back and forth that one mistake maybe doesn't uh, determine the outcome uh, of the the final scoreline. Soccer that happens. That's what, what happens. Um, and just to sort of jump on top of the quality of USL championship where we, I mean, we've experienced, we, we know Ronaldo Damas was a great USL championship player and he's moved to, um, Europe and he's still scoring goals, right? He scored two goals in nine appearances. Um, you know, so, uh, you, you can't say that USL championships, uh, an easy league and, and proof is some of these players coming over, Again, we've experienced it. Some of these players that maybe are coming over thinking it's going to be a, a walk in the park, um, and they realize pretty early on that it's they actually have to put in work uh, to to succeed in this league. We've seen that. Um, so following that, probably we could say low point of the season, the loss to Monterey Bay. I don't know. Maybe you guys have different uh, ideas on that. But uh, when you have like the one team that you are higher on the table on and you still can't beat them, um, this late into the season, that's a very, very low point. Uh, Orange County uh, returned and hosted Miami FC. Um, and although statistically still were the better team statistically in the match, um, winning the shots, the shots on target, possession, uh, pass accuracy, number of passes, 
Um, they did lead in fouls too, which I don't know if you consider that a victory or not. Cause I, I, I actually don't mind seeing a, a team with more fouls. That just means they're being more aggressive typically out on the pitch, which I appreciate aggressiveness um, when it comes to soccer, as long as you're not being over aggressive and, and getting booked when you shouldn't be. Uh, but again, it's uh, against Miami. They couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Um, luckily they didn't allow a goal either. Um, although Miami did have a couple chances uh, in this match. So a zero, zero draw, they get a point. I guess that's the good news from this match. But uh, again, it's, it's something that I, I think it's getting frustrating for orange County fans and supporters that orange County can't find a way to get full three points in some of these matches. Uh, Brad, I'll go to you first uh, on the Miami match. What are your thoughts? We need wins. This wasn't acceptable. Um, just looking at this roster we had, it was probably one of the best rosters we've been able to field in a while with Keningas and Powers in the lineup um, and both getting playing time. And yet we still couldn't score any goals in this game. And I think there were a bunch of chances that we had that we should have been better on. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Dylan, were you at this match by any chance? Uh, I was not, unfortunately. I had some, some family commitment this week. Um, but I was going to say, mean, you, you missed an opportunity then to, to see a former OC player in Mark Segber's uh, feature for Miami FC. I know um, he only was with us for a brief period of time on loan, but I, I think fans appreciated him during his short time with Orange County. He was um, like surprisingly kind of kind of good like i think he kind of flew under the radar as is a capable player and then i think um memphis really got the best out of him last year but he was that fringe he was that fringe like between you uh mls and usl type player where i think when he came to us it was on loan from i want to say revolution yes and i think after that season there was still that thought that he could make it in the mls um and maybe at this point now with miami he's figured out maybe his role is more USL championship, um, which it would have been awesome maybe to see him uh, a little bit longer at Orange County. Sorry, go ahead and uh, continue on with what you wanted to say and your thoughts on the Miami match. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, it's it's just so frustrating to have this match again and again and again and again each week where we just, I mean, like struggle to put anything on target, struggle to really do anything. I mean, we're like one we once again fail to to defend on set pieces. Um, and I'm not sure why we're in late July and we're still failing to, to defend set pieces. Um, thankfully, you know, they don't score on that and, and we, we get out with a point. Cause I imagine if we can see in this match, that's probably it. Um, we might concede again. I mean, but yeah, this is another situation where um, our defense is pretty bad and, and threadbare at that. And it's not just because of injuries and suspensions. It was pretty bad beforehand. Um, and we can't score. And it it's kind of obvious that the recruitment failed. Um, and it kind of feels like after a loss to Monterey and a nil-nil draw with Miami, like, yeah, we're in late July now. The season's kind of a wash. Um, you know, figure out what, what the team's going to look like next year at this point. And maybe show a little bit of pride um and fight and i will give the players credit because it seems like that's what they're doing but it's just i mean a good season right is when at home draw away and at this point a 
it feels like a good result is just scoring a goal um, or, or getting a point, which at least we did here the latter half of that. All right, so I'm going to turn the tables here, and I'm going to ask Ray a question because Ray doesn't get questioned enough on this show. Um, so It's not my role. It's not my job on this show. <laughs> All right, so uh, Colin Shuttler has taken the reins of the goalkeeping uh, position since the last two matches in June. Uh, and even though Rakowski's been, I don't know if he's been healthy, but he, he's he been on the roster over the last couple of weeks. Has Shuttler won the, this job or... What's the deal looking here? Have they replaced uh have they replaced uh, Rakowski for you, Ray? The, the, you, you're funny that you asked that question because that was a question I was gonna ask uh, after we finished talking about this match is how Shuttler's been basically a lock in the starting lineup here for the last what six matches or so. Um, I think that's a surprise to many of us. Uh, I think most people, um, experts, fans, just casuals, would have looked and said Rakovsky's the shoe in to be the starter for the full season, unless there's an injury um, or whatever, uh, you know, compared to last season when we had two number ones, uh, you know, Rakovsky and Abraham Romero this year, you looked at, you had a true number one and a true backup. Um, Colin Shuttler gets the opportunity and, you know, his first start, he shines. He's, you know, what player of the week, I believe that week, or if not, at least team of the week. Uh, and, I think that made it maybe a little bit more difficult to get Rakovsky back in quickly. And uh, Shuttler's done a decent job. And it, it could be really at this point, um, who knows what the thought process is uh, with Coach Richard Chaplow or with uh, GM Oliver Vies. Um, But it could be showcasing Shuttler and getting him some minutes. So you could potentially see what you have going into next season and potentially have a opportunity to sell a player um if you need to uh at the end of the season um with shuttler being in the lineup uh a fixture right now at this point it makes makes me lean towards the fact that maybe there's a, a white flag being flown for orange county at this point that they realize that the season didn't go the way it should have that at this point it's difficult uh, what sitting 10 points back of the seventh um, spot in the Western conference with, I believe they're at 20 matches right now. I forget how many total matches there are on the season. Um, but I believe they have 42 potential points remaining in this season. If they were to win out for the remainder of the season. So even with 42 points on what their 19 is, that's really a difficult uh, task to get to that seven uh, seventh position there against Sacramento. So maybe at this point it's see what your, your younger backup goalkeeper has in preparation for potentially next season. Um, Brad, you asked that question. Do you have uh, a similar thought, different thought than what I am thinking here? I mean, with uh, how the team's been going this year, I think, yeah, you're looking at uh, playing the kids here and uh, getting something different out because clearly, you know, they want to. They want. They probably want to sell uh, Shuttler, and he's definitely done a good job. Like, let's not be wrong. He's done a good job over the past couple of weeks. He's made a couple really quality saves this past game included, and who knows what's coming out for the future for him. Have we heard from Allen regarding this Miami match yet, or has he just been hanging out listening to our, <laughs> just been our conversation? Hanging out listening. Uh, I, I think the, the the thing to point out with this season too is. 
yeah, the goal scoring is kind of a issue, but Orange County is on pace with where they ended up goals scored last season at around like 1.3 something. Uh, I think in 1.375 this year, they're at 1.35. The biggest difference for sure is the amount of goals they've given up last year. Uh, I believe they finished. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Pacific division, uh, 37 goals allowed in 32 games. And right now they have 33 goals, I believe allowed. Um, which yeah, 33 and 20. And that, I think that's something to remind ourselves is this wasn't like orange County was scoring buckets of goals last season. Uh, it was that they weren't giving up goals. They had a, a stellar defense. They had a shutdown defense. They had one that really frustrated opponents, uh, were really solid, uh, built around a, a, a pretty, uh, a pretty good center back in Rob Kiernan. Uh, and I think that they're missing that one piece, but then also, I think you have to look at the midfield as well. Like the midfield last year, I thought was very successful um, in both uh, defending well, but also having some moments of offensive brilliance. Uh, And this year, uh, it just seems like nothing is going right um, except for Milan Olaski. And yeah, you're right uh, on the back end, especially against Miami, you know, except for a couple of really nice saves, um, you know, if those don't happen, uh, Orange County's losing this game. You know, uh, especially toward the end, Shetler had that really nice uh, kind of to his right, uh, batting the ball away from what was, you know, for sure labeled for the top corner. Uh, and so he has looked nice. He's it's there's a few uh, there's a few questionable goals, I think. Uh, but if you're shutting down a guy like Kyle Murphy, who scored 20 goals in USO last season. Um, he's only got three this year, but he still can be dangerous. Um, I, I think you you build on a little bit of success. This is only Orange County's second clean sheet all season, both the nil-nil uh, against Atlanta, too, I believe, was the other one. Um, so build on the success of a clean sheet because that's going to be an important thing to hang your hat on going forward because you're going to be playing a low-dose team uh, that can score goals um, in buckets if they want to. Now, let me let me just say this, right? This is about the time last season where it was looking really dire for Orange County. It, everyone thought, okay, this season is sort of a wash. We're struggling. We can't get wins. Um, I believe uh, it was a point where Abraham Romero was uh, taking majority of the starts in goal. Uh, and then there was a change uh, in the coaching position. There was a change where you got Rakowski now the official starter for the remainder of the season and Orange County goes on a majestic run. I'm not saying those exact things will happen this season. Uh, I'm not even saying that there's going to be a coaching change at any point here soon. Uh, But again, this time last season, I think we were all very uh, nervous that Orange County might not even get to the playoffs uh, as well. So for those of you that are glass half full type of people, you can just look back one season and think there's still a chance uh, I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen here, but there's there's a blueprint as to uh, show that Orange County can be struggling in the month of July, um, looking very iffy and still uh, get into the playoffs and then make a magical run through the playoffs. Dylan was looking a little weird, and so was Brad when I was making the, these comments here. So I'm going to let both of you respond. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. 
Dylan does. Dylan does. All right, fine. Um, Ray, last last year this time, like, yeah, we'd concede. We'd lose a dumb game. Like, we would do the Kluger thing where we'd, we'd lose a dumb game and whatever. We couldn't, couldn't really defend. And now we can't defend, but we can't score. And so, at least stylistically... This time last year, like it was frustrating, but you know they'd go out there and they'd they'd try and like dominate other teams, and you know we might score a couple goals or create a lot of chances. And now it's just huffing it forward, so it's it's harder to watch, um, and it's it's frustrating. But hey, like you so, said, so I feel like it's a glass half season. empty type of person. It sounds like. Yes. I'm just saying the season might be a wash, but it's a good time. This is a great time for us to figure out players to sign for next season. Players we don't want to bring back. Uh, right. Ronaldo Domus replacement. So oh, we yeah. can keep playing this hoofball style. Yeah, Brad, I pretty did you much, have another thought yeah, on that? I pretty much agree with uh, Dylan here. Um, I, I don't think the season is over, but I don't, I think last year when we were talking about the, uh, the change in uh, keep, keeper uh, manager. Uh, we were looking more as we knew who the replacement was clearly going to be. At this point, I don't think we have a manager replacement ready to go. And plus, you can't just like ditch your title championship winning coach after what twenty games in one season. I think there's a, a pretty good manager, Maurizio Pochettino, that's available now. I think he got sacked by PSG. Maybe they can bring him over. Oh, my God, Ray. It's more out, everyone. There, um, there was a post earlier in the week where someone on, I don't remember if it was USL Twitters or USL Reddit, who said, why not just sign more, uh, more Serie A players in the USL? Why don't teams do that? That's that's Ray Samora, folks. So be so be like Tottenham, right? Um, bring all the Serie A players over. Um, let's do this. So Dylan and Brad are pretty much waving the white flag at this point. I don't know where Alan is. We didn't get a, a anything from him on that, but maybe he'll explain where he's sitting in this. But we're gonna see what happens next as Orange County will be traveling to Carson uh, to face Los Dos in the. What do we have an official title for this? Is it the 405 Derby? They called it the 405. Yeah, that's I. I think that's what I heard on on the broadcast, right? Uh, but they also were saying Sean Oakley, so who knows if they know what uh, what's going on there? Um, but I believe it's behind closed doors, so it sucks for fans. You know, it sucks especially that it's a Derby and then you can't really get fans there because that's the best experience you can get probably for Los Dos ever uh, is when you can have a good traveling fan base there. Uh, but um, Orange County will need to probably, I, I could say confidently, get three points uh, in this match if they want to have any hope of making a miraculous run to the playoffs. Uh, and right now, LA is sitting sixth in the Western Conference, so it's no easy task. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Alan. Um, can Orange County start a mir miraculous run against Los Dos, or is it going to be more of the same that we've been seeing um, this season? Um, it's going to be tough. Um, Los Dos is actually a, a, a really a pretty darn good home team. Six wins, one draw, two losses. Uh, 21 goals scored, 14 against in nine games, 19 points. So Los Dos is a tough team to play when they're at home. Um, on the road is a little bit of a different story. Um, 
you know, Preston Judd has been playing crazy footy. I mean, he is for sure a uh, he's an MLS player. Um, they just have talent all over the pitch like they normally do, right? Like this isn't a surprise anymore with low doses. They have kids. They play them. Those kids have talent because Los Dos wants to bring them up um, to the first team. Um, they had a, a tough outing against Colorado Springs, um, but Preston Judd didn't play. Um, before that, they won three in a row. They beat Miami 3-1. They beat Oakland 3-1. And then after the red card in, in San Diego, scored five. Uh, so they have talent. Uh, they can counterattack. Uh, they can play um, a little bit more possession if they need to. I think they dominated possession against San Diego, although San Diego was down a guy for most of the time. Um, so this is a, a difficult – it's going to be a difficult game for Orange County. Uh, it's going to test their ability to defend uh, as a team, uh, and it's going to test their ability to not make mistakes um, against some pretty talented individuals. Uh, so I wouldn't get my hopes up yet. It's going to probably take a, a really well-drilled Orange County team to get something from Los Dos uh, but this weekend. Dylan, your thoughts. Can can Orange County get the start of a potential miraculous run here into the playoffs with three points in Carson? Can they? Sure. I mean... Can you technically be president? Yes, you are old enough. Is it likely? It it's more likely than you being president, I think. Um, but if we went yeah. if we went into the future, I would definitely uh, run against President Camacho, and I probably could win that one. Jury's out. We'll wait to see. Um, I this is a difficult one because I, I just mentioned that last year we would like concede three goals in a game, but we would go for it. And I seem to remember a game against Ostos last year that involved a certain Preston Judd, who was just also mentioned scoring two or three goals. Um, and I think we lost four three. This situation is like defend. You better hope that low block works and you better hope it works for like 70 plus minutes. And we hopefully grab one late on and they just kind of panic because Historically, like Orange County hasn't particularly done all that well against Los Dos. If you remember the 22 or the 2020 matches, it was score early, concede late, or do nothing, and then all the goals came late. Um, and I mean, they were the ones that knocked us out of the playoffs uh, or out of playoff contention two years ago. It feels like they could very much like be that final little little thing to kill off the confidence and any any sort of hint to come back this year now before i get to you brad and your thoughts on this match the more important question is does dylan know who president camacho is that's the important question if i'm thinking of this correctly um are we talking about the wonderful film uh, idiocracy or have i misremembered this oh no, see good, yeah good there job, we go good job, good job i too have once uh seen this documentary um about our current political uh climate <laughs> Uh, Brad, um, your thoughts on uh, this upcoming match against Los Dos and can Orange County start the miraculous run by getting three points in Carson? Um, I think very doubtful. 
I don't really have much analysis. You know, you don't get much analysis from Brad on a losing streak like this. But well, we already know you're already looking ahead to the Premier League season, so you're sort of already done with. Uh, well, yeah, USL at least in the Premier League season, when my team's at the bottom of the league, there's something to fight for. So can you imagine? Can you imagine right now if there was Pro Rel in USL Championship in Orange County is fighting to avoid relegation into League One? Oh, wow. Chapelo would have been gone a month ago. Like, and who would have been all the, that? And then we it, would have brought Pochettino in. Okay, you know what? I, I regret even dignifying any of this nonsense, <laughs> this pro rel nonsense. This is this is my own doing. Anyways, so <laughs> about this game, um, it's a game against El Los Dos. It's going to be chippy. It's going to be sloppy. There's going to be plenty of discipline handed out unless some miraculous circumstance happens where we're all singing kumbaya in the middle it's going to be sloppy and it's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch if you're not a fan of orange county because let's be honest los dos doesn't have fans uh so all the neutrals in the league are going to enjoy watching this game alan last thoughts on this uh, los dos match before we get to maybe predicting scores here park the bus all right um let's do this um let's see how confident we all are on uh, in orange county's ability to get some points here in carson uh so we'll do our predictions right now um for those of you that are listening feel free to share your predictions at some point with brad so he can tally them up Uh, i know these scores are all whack because we've been missing some some predictions here and there because of uh shows not being on although i know brad's been still trying to collect um guesses yeah i'll i'll be updating that sometime this week yeah no worries no worries um so let's go to dylan first uh i got i think two one los dos uh alan what's your prediction three one los dos my prediction will be two nil orange county um brad what's yours uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction and a regular prediction. Game prediction, 1-1. One, one. Bold prediction, um, there's going to be... Is this legal? Two. Is this a legal thing that yeah, we could do? Is where we can make of multiple predictions? Of course, I used to do this all the time on uh, 1868 Weekly. Um, bold prediction, there's going to be equal to, if not more, red cards than goals in this game. He used to do this all the time on a show that is no longer around. Mm-hmm. For a team Maybe that's no why the show's around. no longer around. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Alan's like them some fighting words. It sounds like, huh? Um, there we go, folks. So share your predictions with Brad so we can get that all accounted for. Um, let's move ahead now really quick before we get to our random soccer news uh, announcement uh, earlier this week that uh, president of business operations, I believe, was the official title, Jeff Garner, uh, moving on to do uh, his thing with. Is it with Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh River Hounds. Um, Yeah, we know he uh, when he came out here, he had some ties with Penn State, I believe. um, Did some stuff there. Then came out and did some stuff for some football league in San Diego uh, or a team in San Diego that was American football-based and then came up to Orange County um, to help out. Uh, The the, the guy's done a good job, at least with the marketing side of things and helping get some fans into the seats and adding to the fan experience. So I I think most Orange County fans uh, in general 
um, have appreciated what he, the ideas that he brought. I, I know there's some diehard soccer purists that maybe didn't enjoy some of the things that were brought to the, to the stadium. Um, that can range from a bunch of things like, uh, you know, weird sound effects on the PA system during, uh, random events in the game, uh, mascot named gnarly, uh, events that were interesting at the stadium, but, uh, the whole purpose of all those was to try and just get the fan engagement going and grow the, the, the attendance, which if you look at championship soccer stadium this year, compared to two, three years back before COVID, um, it has grown. I mean, obviously you can see that on the telecast. You can see that when you're at the stadium, there's more fans attending these games. So props to, to Jeff for doing that. Um, and we wish him the best of luck um, on his next uh, mission or, or career opportunity here with Pittsburgh. Um, anyone else have anything they want to say regarding um, Jeff? Um, maybe there's some, some newer fans who don't remember, like things were, were kind of, not not dire, but a little a little stale. Um, and I know it, that was no fault of the people that came before him, but I think um, Jeff really dragged this club kind of into being an event and being something for people to come to. Because man, we are pretty piss poor this season, but um, stuff is still going on and people still come to the games because. You know what? If you've got two kids who are six and eight and they can go run around and and get in a fire truck. And you, know, you can watch a soccer game afterwards, and it's a, it's an easy night out. Like, yeah, you're gonna go and do that, and that that builds that because maybe in ten to fifteen years, uh, those kids are are sitting in the county line coalition or standing in the county line coalition, um, and that growth only only really serves the team moving forward. So it's it's good for all the dumb sound effects at corners um, <laughs> and throw-ins. Um, it's, it's an improvement from, from what it was. And, uh, I don't know, the club's got to build on that. Like he, he did a really good job with very, very little resources. Um, and I, I hope it continues because, you know, he was, he was really good at what he did and he was a little, um, a little Sam Dorr-esque in the way that, uh, he improved things around here and really turned an Orange County match into something worth going to. Yeah, there's a reason why a, a quality organization like Pittsburgh that's been around for quite some time is is bringing him in. Um, I remember meeting him at the first game he showed up at, and he seemed very enthusiastic. He seemed very interested in uh, not only kind of bringing his own ideas because he believed in himself, but then also the desire to listen and engage people who've been around for a minute and talk about both good and bad. He was always willing to uh, be open about things that maybe not weren't working and open to consider new ideas. Um, and also, like you said, brought, brought some stuff in and he, he wasn't afraid to try new things. And sometimes they didn't always come off, uh, but he was always willing to, uh, try to invest in the club and his energy. And that's what you want from people in the front office. You want people who are invested in the club, invested in the community, who are there vis visibly and who are willing to talk both good and bad. And so um, I wish him nothing but the best in Pittsburgh. Um, sorry, it's Pittsburgh and not Orange County. Uh, I think if I had a choice between those two cities, it would be pretty clear which one I would choose. Uh, but 
um, you know, it, it's well-deserved. There's a reason why he, he's moving into that position. Uh, it's because he proved that he can bring um, a benefit to whatever organization he's working with. Awesome. Yeah, I just want to add on one more thing. Uh, you know, Jeff, quality guy, uh, you know, from any conversation I've ever had with him, always just stand up and the conversations that we've had uh, on the podcast, outside the podcast, with the podcast, just he's going to be missed uh, from the team. And I wish him nothing but the best in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, and and the big hope I think Dylan mentioned just hopefully the club continues to build from it. And it doesn't regress or take a step back from what uh, what Jeff has laid the foundation for on how to get fans at the stadium because that's one of our topics that we've talked about since we've become a podcast. Is it's difficult to convince Orange County fans to come out to to a game when there's so many other activities that you can do. Um, and yes, the price point is great for families or for young you know young adults who don't have a lot of money to potentially spend on. Uh, major events uh, but you still need to do something to entice them to come so whether it's beer fests um uh, or touch a truck or concerts or um you know these things that that are happening it, it's awesome to see so hopefully the club continues to to grow from that uh let's get to our random soccer stuff i'm going to kick things off uh league one expansion news uh this uh recently here with a new team in santa barbara um what is it santa barbara sky football club um, who uh, mistakenly decided to go on social media and claim they were the first professional soccer team with a woman on the crest. Um, got a bit of flack for that, I believe. A lot of people were pointing out, um, you know, a few different uh, uh, options. And, and it sort of sucks when you go on and say professional team. It's not like you said, you know, League One team or a U.S. soccer team, although there were examples of U.S. soccer teams that have women on the crest as well. Uh, but they went just straight up professional soccer team with a with a woman on the crest, and I think people were pointing out um, what is it, Atalanta uh, in Serie A, who what in the seventies um, had a woman on the crest. So um, Indy Eleven, Indy Eleven has theirs, um, and then what was it uh, the, the, the NWSL team, the Rain, yeah, right? Rain. Um, so it, the and and it's not like these are random teams that maybe no one's ever heard of. Uh, these are some, you know, USL championship, but you're a part of USL. You should know the teams within the USL ecosystem. Um, but yeah, even a Syria team with that, uh, uh, you know, that's something that almost any soccer related uh, person should find. So they've, I think since then deleted that tweet, I think they realized their mistake, but uh, um, it sucks that that's sort of your first uh, hurrah moment coming on the social media, trying to boast about that. And it just, um, slaps you back in the face uh, with, with that mistake. But it's cool to have another uh, team uh, in the Southern California area. Uh, not too bad of a drive for people that are in the Orange County area, uh, a few hours up north. Um, and it's a nice area of the state to visit. Uh, so it'd be nice maybe in a opportunity that Orange County gets to play maybe in a League Cup against Santa Barbara or in, in the future when there potentially is pro-rel and the two teams are playing in the same league. That would be a nice away trip uh, to make up the coast. So um, hopefully the city of Santa Barbara helps support this team and they can um, be successful there uh, uh, and grow soccer along the uh, Pacific coast of California. Um, anyone else have any soccer stuff they want to discuss? Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, was gonna say uh, I like their in... colors though. Uh, I could have sworn you were going to steal the words out of my mouth for the next story. Um, I was going to steal the words out of your mouth for the next story. All right, go for it. I have nothing. 
know. <laughs> well, the very next day, uh, a little city in Louisiana known as uh, New Orleans also announced that they are entering the USL Championship, although they will be doing so in 2025 uh, with a community-decided crest, colors, name, everything. So hopefully they go and do things right and not come out with a monstrosity of a crest like uh, Louisville had before they redid it. Well, it's going to be one. It's going to be one of those babies that come out of the the cakes, those those Mardi Gras cakes, huh? That's what their their logo mascot thing is going to be. It is. It is Warren Smith, and he launched Sacramento and San Diego. So, based on my experience, it will be very community or, community oriented. So, I have faith that it, if it is a small baby and or the babies in the cakes, then that's what the community actually wants. <laughs> uh, the joke is that. That literally got announced like two days after I got back from New Orleans. So if someone's looking to start a new USL championship franchise, just send me to vacation. We're in your city and you may get a USL franchise. Uh, the other thing, uh, USLW championship is coming up. Uh, it is Minnesota Aurora. If you haven't seen their kits, they are gorgeous versus uh, Tormenta. Uh, it should be a pretty fun match. Um I am not going to Nome, Alaska. Someone said they're going to send me to Truth or Consequence, New Mexico, though. Um, but, yeah, W League Championship. Uh, it's been a heck of a season. Then USL League 2, uh, their playoff bracket was just announced. And uh, if you think USL League 1 is chaos, just go check out League 2. Uh, Dylan, do you have anything? Um, maybe not. No. I don't think it's I don't think it's soccer related. All right, then let's get to our random thoughts. Go for it, Dylan. Wow. Um, all right. Well, since it wasn't soccer related, I will just go with. Um, oh my god! I got to remember who it was. <clears throat> Gents, I'm, I'm assuming we have a pretty male oriented um, listener group. I, I hope that's okay. Um, for assuming that um where the hell is this going to yeah that's a that's a good sit back enjoy the ride see i like that one um but sebastian holler uh from uh Borussia dortmund recently uh um anyway he left training sick and it turns out that he has a tumor in his testicles so gents do yourself a favor and um Fill yourselves up for a change in the name of health. <laughs> I think it just took 90 oh seconds to basically say, um, you know, because do we, yeah. the do odds are um, quite high. Uh, Alan, since you know an attorney, uh, do we have to put a parental advisory on this episode now because of Dylan's comments? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. He said nothing that was... PG thirteen, except for the sentence as a whole. All right, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm I just totally saying forgot. it I, would I'm take sure less time. Thoughts at this point. Yeah, it would take less time than it did for me to explain that for you to go and do it. So, you know, Alan, your random thought. <laughs> I, I, I'm. I got nothing after that. Like, how do you? I got. How do you? How do? You, I know. Nope. <laughs> Alan is speechless after that comment from Dylan. Brad, your turn. 
All right. Um, well, rest in peace to a lovable little yellow lab that um, on Friday night was sitting behind me at two in the morning when I went to bed. And by seven in the morning, I hear the words, uh, Max is dead. Uh, that was a interesting morning. Um, but hold your dogs close. I'm sorry. Alan just looked at me like, uh, like I just wished death upon his dogs. I did not. Um, but love your dogs. Dogs are, you know, there, there's a reason why it's God spelled backward is dog. Um, I think dogs are just the coolest animals out there and just take, enjoy your time with them. Well, sorry to hear about that, Brad. We, I, I think we've, at least I know I have, and I think Alan has also, we've experienced the, that, uh, oh, yeah. that moment um, Dylan, I don't know for sure you, yes or no on that. Yep. Nodding head. Yes. So we've all experienced that. And I'm sure many of the listeners have, it's never a, um, enjoyable experience to go through. Uh, but yeah, um, the, that the reason why it's not enjoyable is because these animals mean a lot to us and they become a big part of our lives. Um, so again, Brad, sorry to hear about, uh, that this weekend, uh, for you. Um, my random thought, just, I'm going to ask for tips, advice, information. Um, the family and I were heading out East for about 10 days. We're leaving on Thursday, um, heading out to the Poconos and then going to spend some time in New York city. Um, so if you have any, um, ideas, thoughts, um, of what to do, where to go, what to visit, let us know. You can reach out to me on social media and just share with me, um, your ideas and your thoughts as we are doing that. Um, and hopefully, staying cool enough because i believe it's very hot out right now in that part of the country um and they're also having some random thunderstorms but apparently that sort of happens so um it'll be interesting it'll be fun dylan you have something really quick before we wrap this yeah. up uh, you could look at birds i know that's a thing that people do out there in uh, good old pennsylvania um ray i i have a question because i want to laugh can you say the name of the lake that is in the pocono mountains is it the one Mainly. that uh, is it the one that uh, Dunder, Dunder Mifflin goes and uh, spends a day in for some team building? It is, yes. Um, I, I I know it's like a, a longer name, and to be honest, I'm going into the maps right now to look it up because I don't know it off the top of my head. You know, what? Um, I'm just amazed that you even recognized that it was in the office, and and I'm so proud of you, Ray. So <laughs> it's it's Lake Wallen Popuck. Yeah. Okay. Right. There was a U sound in there that didn't need to be in there, but I'm proud of you, Ray. Hey, you know what? Office fan, Ray Samora, right there. Oh, trust me. I, I know this. I, I know that. It's it's just, you know, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Scranton. So um, we'll be a little bit more south. We're going to be a little bit more out of, like, the, the Stroudsburg area. So a little bit closer to um, the tri-state area. But we'll be, like, right near the Delaware, Delaware River. So who knows? But um, – Let's wrap this thing up before we just get into this because I felt like we're already like done with the show. We already we're just hit it. Random stuff, right? What's we up? Hit it. We definitely reached that point. That oh, we was did. We did. fifty-four minutes ago. <laughs> um, so I want to thank everyone that listens to our podcast. Thank you for continuing to do so, even though we sometimes just talk about the stupidest things, but you still listen to us. Um, want to thank say thanks to all of you, gentlemen, Dylan. Alan, Brad, and then also Andy, who's missing in action tonight, but uh, want to just say thank you for everything that he does um, to help this podcast go. Um, yeah, uh, check out our website, ocscpodcast.com, uh, to read some stuff. We actually have some written stuff that's rather um, current uh, compared to what we had for the longest time. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, perfect. So for everyone, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Let me get myself ready for this. All right, Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh,